Hello, and welcome to The Vergecast, the flagship podcast of TheVerge.com. I'm going to tell you a couple things, mm-hmm. just to start. One, we're, it's just it's just the three of us again. So I'm here. Yep. I'm Neil Patel. Dieter's in San Francisco. I am, uh, luckily, in San Francisco. I've, I've had a, a week and a half of just the worst travel. And Paul is here in New York. Hey. The other thing I'm going to tell you is that Paul has next to him a box, an empty box. They're building out more of the studio here. And we have discovered something called the Dinky Link DL85K IR receiver kit. So there's just I can't get rid of these is IR it, blasters. Wait, is in my Dinky life. Link real? It's called Dink, the Dinky Link. It's a trademark. Dinky Link. <laughs> Dinky Link. I think they should call it's like the IR blaster. The IR like trade consortium. They're they're Dink, building Dinky a, Link. The IR trade consortium. <laughs> they're so sad. They're like we got to keep it going. Shouldn't we save this for Paul's weekly feature that has the same name every week that we never forget? No, about? no, no. I got that covered. He's so got it covered. Okay. The the third thing I will tell the audience is that this was the week. Uh, that we celebrated our nation's birth, Fourth mm-hmm. of July, um, and Is as it such, two hundred forty years. Yeah, still going strong. Doing great. <laughs> Doing just fine. <laughs> We're gonna make it through. Uh, not to be that guy, but it's two forty-one. <laughs> See, I don't know. I thought, I thought somebody said. And also, not to be that guy, but it's do you set the the nation's birth at the Declaration of Independence or at the signing of the Constitution? Um, well, that's a big spread. I think of it yeah. as the I think of the Declaration of Independence as our primary founding document because it lays out the principles upon which we were founded. And then we tried a couple things. Yeah, we iterated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For like two we pivoted. Decades. We're like it's early days. Yeah. Uh, and they spit out the constitution. They had, the, they had up to 12 messaging apps. The Declaration of Independence was our minimum viable product. <laughs> Third, thirdly, my my third not to be that guy, and then we can move on. Is can I just say that using the using the phrase "birth" and "nation" in a sentence together is a very fraught thing? Because if Mm. you screw that up, you end up saying the very wrong thing. Yeah, it's true. But I did. We can move on. Uh, So that's great. But because of that fact, uh, there's no news this week. So if you are (laughs) listening to the Vergecast to be a roundup of tech news, we're going to get through it all in the next. 10 seconds and then just chit chat for a while. It's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, I got feelings about, I don't know, stuff. <laughs> feelings about stuff. The Verge cast on this, <laughs> the first week of July. So no, there's stuff. There, first, there's a little bit of stuff. First and most importantly, yeah. there's no Overwatch hero. Yeah. Doomfist. It's How do you guys name. feel about Doomfist? It's a great name. Here's my question. Really good name. Doomfist is out right now, playable on the public test realms, right? Yeah. But. It won't be available like on consoles and in like the regular ranked matches. You know, you can test Doomfist, but it's not like a real true playable character. So which day should we take off as a company? (laughs) Should it be the public (laughs) test realm day or the wide release day? So in this metaphor, the wide release day is the Constitution. No, 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 no. It's not a metaphor. I'm just thinking, you know, we're a progressive 21st century media company. Yeah. And I really want to play Doomfist <laughs> right now. And I love you guys. I love coming to work and doing my job. <laughs> but boy, here, here, you know, I on, could be punching people on right Fridays now in New York. We typically, Doomfist. we, we ditch the office and go work in a bar. You can do that tomorrow, but you have to bring the 21 inch Acer Predator laptop to the bar. Okay. 
<laughs> By the way, can I point out the Dinky Link is labeled for use with all types of cable and satellite boxes, works with LED, LCD, and plasma TVs, and then also CFL lighting, which I don't understand at all. Anyway, that's a fact. Because Why would it only uh, be one interference? Kind of, uh, what? It would interfere with CFL. with IR with IR. I don't know. I this is a real is... weird hang. I was going to talk about Zelda for the next 45 minutes. No, yeah, there's news. There's actually news. Mode. All right. Zelda's new. If you haven't read Nick Stat's article about the, the Trials of the Sword, yeah. I highly recommend it. He nailed the feeling of it. It's a great piece. Zelda DLC. That's news. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is news. No, there's actually news. Uh, there's a bunch of voice assistant news, which we're going to string together into a bundle of news. Yeah. So uh, We're going to craft a narrative. Yeah, Lauren Good reviewed the Amazon Echo Look, which is the weird camera. She was here. She had it here in the office when she was here last week. It is a startlingly weird device. I think her, her yeah. read on is, a, it, I mean, her headline actually was, it does more for Amazon than it does for you. You should read her review, uh, watch the video. It's all great. But here's what I want to say about that thing. It is stunningly strange to me that they would put out something that is so weird and creepy without promising you what actual value it would deliver, right? So we, we encounter tons of these products all the time where literally Google will be like, it's early days, but just try it out. And like, as you people use it, we'll figure out what it should do. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can do that with a camera that's supposed to go in your bedroom. And watch you dress. <laughs> yeah, like, that part to me seems really weird. I will make one small counterpoint to that argument, yeah. which is she's right that it tells Amazon more than it more, gives Amazon more value than you get. Uh, I think that the like comparison of outfits feature, uh, her take on that also seems very accurate. It seems very random and not very helpful. But there are people who get genuine real value out of logging their outfit every day. And they can look back and see what they wore. Mm. They can have a just a log, just a, a, a series of photos put in an organized pl- single place where they can have a nice picture of what they wore that day and you know what they want to wear the next day. There is a genuine value there. Whether taking you know a picture with your iPhone uh, in a mirror and then putting that in an album doesn't already solve that problem for right? you is now, why a whole is this, other question. Why is but, this two hundred dollars? Yeah, so I, the, Dieter and I were talking about this um, because that's a great use case. But with two hundred with your Echo Show review, like yeah, so many, so much of the value of the Echo line is that it asks nothing of you. Mm-hmm. It sits there, and then you talk to it, and it, like does something for you. I think it's different when you put a two hundred dollar camera in your bedroom. Like it just that thing is asking something of you. It is asking you to trust Amazon every second of the day. Mm. And I just mm-hmm. like if you're not gonna, I I get what you're saying, Dieter, about the pictures, but you have to deliver like a stunning amount of constant user value. I feel like half of the people that. I know have stickers over their laptop cameras. It's a thing. Mark Zuckerberg has a sticker over his laptop camera. Right. Why don't we put stickers over our phone cameras? We should sell a Verge sticker to put over your. Ooh, <laughs> that's not a bad idea. I'm right. thinking about getting an Ross Echo Miller. Show but that is a good point. Bathroom. Really? At because I want a better I want a better set of speakers so I can actually hear the news while I'm taking a shower. And I like having an echo in the bathroom is genuinely useful because you can like ask it what you know is on your calendar and yeah. blah 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 blah. And the idea of having the better speakers and a screen that will just like cycle through what's on my calendar for the day seems really useful. The idea that I wouldn't yeah, the echo show. 
Um, I definitely would put some tape over the camera if it were in my bathroom. Though. Yeah. I, so I, yeah. the Echo Show has great speakers. Like, I listen to it a lot over the weekend. And I, it, to me, the, that HomePod, unless it is like transcendent every time you turn it on, mm-hmm. the, it's just selling it on audio quality alone is not a great. Boy, it's got music facts. <laughs> it's got music facts. I mean, like, I just read this long Reddit thread about how it's doing DSP processing and what it's doing in the four inch woofer. And the only speakers that can match are these like $80,000 Biosun 90s. And I, I mean, I love that stuff. And I will read it all day and believe it, whether or not I truly, deeply understand what it means. But um, the simple fact of the matter is most people can't tell. Just can't tell. Yeah. Is it loud? Most people think louder things sound better. Most people think brighter TVs look better. And so the Echo Show gets real loud. And it has a screen. And that screen is kind of useful. I watched a bunch of YouTube videos on that screen over the weekend. Yeah. It's also kind of not useful. It, it, it really wants to display ads. If they don't go full ad on the Echo Show, but they go like half ad. What's There's an like ad example? Prompts. Hey, this movie's out. Yeah. It's just stuff like that. They're headlines. But they're all they're headlines. headlines about they're quote unquote headlines. They're headlines yeah. about money. That's how you might I spend. feel about modern media. Anyways. Yeah, the stupid fake news. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> they're fake news headlines about movies that don't exist. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what. what <laughs> Go see Avengers Seven out today. Just stay, Alexa. Buy tickets. Wait, so there's a, there's a new uh, voice assistant thingy in China. The uh, Tmall Genie. Yeah. From Alibaba, so Google's blocked in China. Yeah, Google, yeah, Google system. Well, they're not blocked so much as they. I mean, they're blocked, but they also pulled out. Right, they, they got out of China. Both things, and it's been a long running. Every time anybody asks Google, like, there's a general Q and A session with Google. The first question is always, "So you're gonna get make it back into China or what?" Um, and there were rumors that maybe the store would get in there, and maybe it did in like a limited way, the, the Play Store. Mm. But it's still, I don't know, it's still a mess. Yeah, that's why they're focused on India so hard. I feel like good for them though. Yeah, they're making a stand. Yeah, I mean, I just don't think you can put any rando assistant in a speaker and call it a product. And I think that there's so much of that going on. Mm. And then I look at what Amazon is doing. And the show is a better idea about what the next phase of these things should be. And then I, you know, like, what's the, there's one with Cortana now. It's like a Harman Kardon one. Like, I, yeah. I don't think that thing, you can't match that up. It's the same problem as the iPhone and the App Store. You can't just make another phone with another operating system right. and be like, this is just as good as the operating system everybody else uses. And I think that first mover advantage for Amazon is just going to be incredible. But I don't. What I don't understand is how they can make the show, which is great, and then make the look, which is totally confused. In my, like, it doesn't do much for you. It doesn't even look modern. Yeah, it looks like like early two thousands webcams. Yeah, it's just a it's just a big old lozenge. Yeah, it's a very, I don't know. But it's better that Amazon is putting out like fifty form factors. Lauren saw a teardown of the look. And it has extra cameras in it that they don't tell you about. Like, they know it's creepy, (laughs) so they've got the one camera. But there's another camera behind the black thing that's the depth sensing camera. Oh, my God. Wow. And I think it also has, like, an infrared sensor, which is, you know, which also sends out information. I would like the Echo look if it was, like, 
if it was an extension of like their mechanical Turk program. It's like so, like four hundred strangers judge you. No, 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 no. Sounds like high school. In the in opposite directions, like Amazon, like was just upfront about it. It's like, look, we need to learn about clothes. We're really into them, but we want to know more. For free, we will give you this thing if you take seven photos of outfits every week. <laughs> you know, you get to keep it, and eventually, we'll give you some advice back. Maybe sometimes we'll mm. show you other. I don't know. Just like, just like embrace the 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 crowdsourcing of big data thing. This <laughs> is exciting to me. Here's, like that, here's what I want. It's out very of futuristic. Don't hide it from me. You know how when you, you, you maybe you don't have this, but I've got. There's a little mirror by our front door, and you leave the house, and you're like, oh, look in the mirror real quick and see if you look like a doofus. Mm-hmm. If your hair looks funny or whatever. But I forget to do it because sometimes when I'm, I'm rushing out the door, um, and then I'll get on the train and oh look, my fly is down. That's awkward. Mm-hmm. And then you're standing on the train and it's really crowded, and you got to like zip your fly up without anybody noticing that you're zipping your fly up. It's it's awful. I want an echo look that sits by the front door that <laughs> sees me coming, and then like snaps a quick picture and then immediately does a bunch of information processing yes. and then shoots me a text message that says your hair looks really dumb right now what are yeah. you doing get back yeah. in the, get back in the apartment and fix it there's brownie on also your the forehead. fly thing paul yeah what how'd you get brownie there man <laughs> <laughs> well that's stage two of the ai is to figure out cause and effect <laughs> I provided an alibi for your situation. <laughs> Amazon's vast cloud resources have examined you. Oh, Amazon alibi? <laughs> provided one of three plausible backstories for your current condition. I would take that. I don't know. I just think it's creepy, man. Speaking, by the way, of assistance, uh, Wall Street Journal says Samsung making a smart speaker with Bixby, which was all but inevitable, but Bixby delayed in the United States because they don't have enough data. Which seems yeah. very, I don't know. All these other assistants weren't delayed because of a lack of data. I don't. I, I kind of don't understand what is truly going on with Bixby. And I, uh, I it, think Samsung doesn't either. Well, their whole line with it on the phone is it's not meant to replace Google Assistant. It's meant to do all these other things on a phone. But if you make a speaker with it, now you're head to head with the assistant. Yeah. There's no. You don't. Unless they really believe that there's like a deep smart things market for it and that the Bixby speaker will be better at smart things than anybody else. Also, Samsung's music service is MIA. So when they launch their smart assistant, it's going to, I imagine it'll talk to Spotify, but they've, they partnered with Google Music for Bixby. Um, and so it'll be a, a Google Music speaker. I'm not really clear. I, I don't understand why I would want a Bixby speaker as opposed to an Alexa speaker or a Google Home or a Siri speaker or whatever else. Um, I'm also not looking forward to the platform wars in smart speakers. Like that's just platform wars with phones was super fun with laptops and, you know, PCs, PC versus Mac, iOS versus Android versus BlackBerry versus WebOS versus Mego or whatever. Like that was fun. Mego. That was a blast. There was, uh, you know, there was some competition to get apps. If you, I don't know, you, you, you could like, you, you 
buy a new one every two or three years and then you could like comparison shop the different platforms and you could comparison shop different form factors and blah, 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 blah. But with home speakers, it's just the idea that there's going to be a platform battle between Siri and Cortana and Alexa and Google and Bixby just sounds exhausting. What's the... Am I just old? What's the angry... Because the thing I remember from that that saga with, with all these different mobile platforms is like, look how much we paid... To get Angry Birds <laughs> yeah. on our app store, like that like, funded Instagram for like a hot minute, right? No, Instagram was never on Windows Phone. That was a thing. It never made it to Windows. I don't think. It, I, so I think Microsoft couldn't pay. Uh, yes, it did. It did. It did eventually, but it, it by it came when it was too late. So what? What's what's the Angry <laughs> Birds of smart home assistants? Is it Spotify? I mean, if Sonos is smart, it's Sonos. Hmm. Instagram on Windows Phone is still in beta. <laughs> <laughs> it is now, guys. <laughs> Sorry, that's, that's the saddest thing in the world. And it only has a 3.6 rating. Anyway, that's really There's sad. also, uh, sorry, I just watched Get Out finally. And the, the Microsoft product placement in that movie is hilarious. Like, I don't know, watching this movie... You suspend your disbelief whenever you watch any movie, and I'm like, okay, I'm in it. I'm I'm in this narrative world. I fully believe the creepy things that are happening here, uh, except you have a Windows phone. I know you don't. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really you super does don't have a Windows phone. The it's the least realistic thing happening right now. <laughs> um, no, I, mean, I get what you're saying about smart speaker platform wars. I just there was a big winner in phones, like a, an overwhelmingly, yeah. at least in terms of developer support right like ios like ran away with it and then there was like a huge platform in android and it seems like alexa is going to run away with it and google's going to make the cheaper one that more people buy like it, it feels like the same thing to me I, I well i feel like google is trying to change the terms of the debate by trying to make you know stuff feel like the web or you could just ask it for anything and it'll go out onto the internet and figure it out alexa's actually moving in that direction a little bit it's now pretty smart where if you ask it to do something and it can't if it knows about a skill that actually could do that thing it'll recommend that skill to you uh but the idea that these things are going to fight using the 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 field of battle for a home assistant for a speaker is very very different than it was on phones on phones it was who has the coolest hardware who has the fastest processor who has the biggest app store who has the best camera but on home speakers is it just raw number of skills is it sound quality all of the things that are people are going to use to try and pick between these are really fuzzy and they're all other than sound quality well, with sound quality, it's actually worse because like it'll sound different in the store and in your house, and it's very subjective to describe it. Blah 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 blah. If it's number of things the assistant can do, everyone's just going to throw big numbers at you, and you're going to not have any way to compare them. I have no idea as a consumer walking into a store what you're going to do to look at these five speakers or ten speakers, whatever you can pick from, and make a coherent decision. You're going to pick the one with the screen that's a hundred dollars cheaper than the HomePod. Yeah, well, there you go. I mean, right? I mean, yeah. the, the show is two twenty nine. Yeah. It has a screen, and it's pretty loud. And like, unless you are so deep into Apple World, and it's not even that integrated into Apple World, like a thing you can't do with it is to to play a movie on your Apple TV. Probably the next the next Apple TV will let it do that. But yeah. it's like, 
I don't know, man. Airplay 2, it's going to change your life. We know so what much about it? how it's going to work. And... <laughs> what is it? Someone tell me. If you know what Airplay 2 is, please send me an email. Because <laughs> no one seems to know. Call 1-800-NELI.com. That'd be great. That's a great Ooh. phone number. <laughs> but I made up. It's All not right. real. I'm gonna, anyway, Bixby, go ahead and release the speaker, but no, don't. Don't. <laughs> don't, don't <laughs> you tried. Don't, don't. You really gave it a shot there. Samsung fundamentally, they want to take on Google and Siri. They want to do it, but they know they can't because they know it's not there. So they've got this other angle. Their story for explaining consumers is really bad. It's not out in a real way. Uh, it's n- delayed. And now it's coming to a speaker. Cool. That's That sounds like exactly... I want. I want the beautiful Samsung experience that I get on early versions, early iterations of Samsung software talking to me in my house. That's what I want. I want TouchWiz from the Galaxy <laughs> S3, the audio equivalent of that. That's what the Bixby speaker is going to be. It's going to be the auditory equivalent of TouchWiz on the Samsung Galaxy S3. You know, it's going to make a little water droplet noise every time you walk in the room. That's going to be great. If you're like, hey, Bixby, uh, and it's like, bloop. <laughs> <laughs> that is a version of the future. I do think Amazon's on to something. Eventually, the way we will think of these smart home assistants, they'll be impossible to separate them from the cameras. Either the camera will be built into them or they will be connected to cameras throughout your home. But they're going to know what's going on. They're going to know Dieter's flies down and that I've got brownie on my forehead. And, and like, they'll like, they'll, they'll like ask you if your kid is sick or like, where'd your dog go? Or, like, don't forget to do the dishes before somebody's coming over that's in your calendar. You know, I really see if, if these actually are not just a gimmick to set timers and play music, then they're, they're going to have to continue to get a lot smarter about what's going on in your whole home. And I think that's definitely going to involve vision. Oh, there's no good soundboard for them. <laughs> Look at, for touch with soundboard? I found one. There's, there, I don't know. But yeah, we, we hit this survey that a um, morning or a poll that Morning Consult did. Their priorities for for voice controlled smart speakers. This is from consumers. Yeah, price, then speaker slash audio quality, then accuracy of devices voice recognition, then compatibility with devices you may already own, such as your smartphone, then access to a variety of music streaming services. And then ability for device to integrate with other services or platforms, such as controlling smart light bulbs. So skills is pretty far down the list. Yeah. I mean, I think the killer app for this thing is still just saying play music. Yeah. And I, yeah. T- to that extent, like the HomePod will be fine because you'll say play music. It'll play mu- If you have signed up for Apple Music, it will play some music at you. Mm-hmm. And it will probably sound amazing. But if you are most, I mean, if you are most people, you think your white headphones sound great. Right, you think your in in pack in iPhone earbuds sound just fine, or like, you're not bothering. Well, people. you might not think that, but also you just don't care. Yeah, you don't care enough to like. I feel like if someone came up to you and asked you, like, "Well, I'm sure they're not that good, but that's good enough for me," or I don't care. Right. So why wouldn't you buy the cheaper one? It sounds fine. Yeah. IDK. All right, I'm gonna read the Squarespace ad. By the way, to the listener. I told you the show would be like this. I want you to know that. I did no. not make you a it's promise a that we have. It's a chill. Our nation was born this week. We're all taking Coming up next, How many iPhone years ago? Rumors. But first, this ad. 
Look, this episode was brought to you by the very generous people at Squarespace. Whatever your next big idea might be, count on Squarespace to help you create an eye-catching online platform that brings it to life. Whether you need a portfolio to showcase your work, a store to sell your products and services, a blog to share your ideas, Squarespace gives you everything you need to look like an expert right from the start. You can get a unique domain, which strengthens your brand and makes it easier for visitors to find you. Plus, with Squarespace's award-winning templates, creating a beautiful website is a simple and intuitive process. You can add and arrange your content and features with a click of a mouse, and there's never anything to install, patch, or upgrade. But if you do have a question, Squarespace has award-winning 24-7 customer support that can help you with any problem, no matter how technical or trivial-seeming. It's like having your own IT department. So, make your next move. Start your free trial at squarespace.com today. You can enter offer code VERGE, V-E-R-G-E, to get 10% off your first purchase. That's awesome. It's a free trial, but you get 10% off your first purchase. I made my own... Everything's very inexpensive. I made a website in Squarespace the other day. Yeah? Was it wiserbrownamemyforehead.com? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, someone just a needed blank a website. Field. They had like a, like a bad WordPress thing going on, and they're like, can you fix our WordPress? And I was like, I don't mess with WordPress. I don't touch that stuff. Do you use the offer code? Is it allowed? Are we allowed to use the offer code? I don't know. I didn't pay for it. I t- like I like I like built it and then like handed it off to them. Oh, but they could use the offer code. I told them to use the offer, the offer code. The offer code, by the way, did. is Verge V E R G. Get ten percent off your first purchase. So go to squarespace.com. Check it out. It's great. Paul, I want you to talk. Was your gadget? Was it the red phone? Do you undo your segment early, or is it a different thing? I got I got another thing. Yeah, another thing. Yeah, All right, yeah, let's yeah, talk yeah. about this red phone. I know you're hype about this red phone. Yeah. I explain why you're hype about this red phone. Okay, Red is a company came on the scene like I don't know 2006 or something. They're like, hey, we set up a forum on the internet, and we will post on the forum to tell you about fantastical cameras that we plan to build. But but you know, obviously, this is going to completely fail, and we'll never actually ship anything. They eventually shipped cameras. And then now, they, like they ship, like the well, their eight K weapon camera, yeah, was like what they shot Guardians of the Galaxy on. So uh, to me, it's like a real like success story of this like tech upstart against all odds. You know, there's the Canons and the Nikon's, but they weren't delivering what people really wanted. I mean, we used to troll for news in the red forums where like the founders would post pictures of new cameras. Yeah, oh, and that's the the other thing. Yeah, they have like they have the the right sense of of hype and buzz, which is just tantalized with just a little bit of information, keep people guessing, keep people waiting cuz you end up waiting a long time for them to actually ship anything, and once they do, they don't ever make enough. Yeah. And but it you know it, people who have them you know are making cool things out of them and they're like beautiful in kind of this really aggressive black yeah. and red kind of way. Uh, so they announced a phone, the Hydrogen One, <laughs> which has a five point seven inch holographic display. That means something with nanotech uses that nanotechnology. <laughs> it's got to mean something. So here's my theory. Because and I'll, just before okay. this. Red is not a company that bullshits about specs, right? They're like the, the, the specs are the only thing that's real. Yeah, that's all they do. So whatever these words mean, they uh, presumably mean something. Wait, I had I had this PDF up. So so they basically they put out one photo of the phone, which yeah. is of kind of the back. Mm-hmm. You can see a headphone jack, USB C plug. Uh, they've got this some interesting like pr- proprietary ish accessory connector that's going to be like high bandwidth the phone will work and like heat dissipation fins it looks like 
I mean, they put heat sinks on it because they just love heat sinks. Like, it doesn't matter if something's <laughs> hot or not. It, they definitely put yeah. heat sinks on everything, and they did it in this case. Uh, but let's see where I have this. Well, holographic this. nanoparticles are pretty toasty. That's true. That's true. Okay, so, <laughs> yeah. so here's the thing. I don't know if that's true. They've created their own file format called .h4v. They call it hydro- red hydrogen four-view content. Like the number four view content. And this is my theory of what it is, right? Yeah. And Sean kind of said this in his write-up. Um, so I'm basically stealing it from Sean. Um, but if I'm wrong, I want to take full blame. Yeah. Think of the 3DS, right? So like 3DS basically works by having pixels at different angles. And so when you look at it, without, you don't need glasses, but you can see 3D stuff, right? So basically halves the resolution of the device to show you 3D images. And then... Remember the Fire Phone, right? It had those all those cameras on the face of the phone. Yeah. And when you, like, look around, you could kind of, like, peek around 3D objects. So imagine those combined. Imagine a screen that's 3D, but it's also, like, tracking your movements. So, it like, so it's just real immersive content. Why would you want this in a phone from Red with heat sinks? Does it run Android? Yeah, it's an Android phone. Okay. Of course. I mean, it has to. You, you... Actually, you know what? Now that... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It says it. It's a standalone, full-feature, unlocked, multi-band smartphone operating on Android OS. Okay. That just happens to add a few additional features that shatter the mold of conventional thinking. <laughs> I love this phone. It, it converts this stereo to, quote, multi-dimensional audio, and it will, quote, assault your senses. I know. It has a headphone jack. It has a headphone jack. It's just, it does have a headphone there's jack. so much bullshit in this. And the phone is, is, is 1195 for the aluminum version, 1595 for the titanium version. We've seen one photo of the back of the phone. We don't really know what all this stuff is, but you know what you can do right now? What's that? You can pre order this phone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is a phone can like just, literally uh, designed just for Marquez Brown. I know. I know. <laughs> it's targeted <laughs> to him, exactly him. No, they're going to make two bought, of them. He bought three. Of course. <laughs> I love yeah. that kid. I'm just saying, they're like <laughs> they know they know their audience. They had a bunch of leftover battery packs, and like, what if we just put a screen on them and call them a phone? <laughs> and it has a modular connector on the back, which I really wish that. I love standard ports, but we really need a standard port for crap you attach to phones because it's ridiculous. The now. essential essential's got pin. its. There's the Moto Z thing. There's this. Uh, thankfully, Project Ara got axed, so it's not a fourth standard. Uh, there's just too many different ways. Too many, Microsoft, too many connectors. For Microsoft connectors has those connectors. Apple has connectors, right, on the iPad? Oh, the smart connector, yeah. Yeah. But that, that's yeah. not quite the same. I think those same. are a little different. Yeah, because those are specifically for keyboards. Like, I don't. There's nothing else you can plug into a smart connector on an iPad. They're not like a high bandwidth thing. Yeah, I, I guess I don't know. I don't know. I guess you could standardize the connector. I mean, all I want to know is what was the meeting like where they're like, yes, go forth. Like someone pitched this. This didn't come out of like a giant consensus brainstorm. Someone was standing around and they're like, we should make a fucking phone. I do not know how Red the company operates internally. Yeah. But my external experience is I imagine two, possibly three dudes saying – I wish we had this. It's like, well, can't we build it? 
and and then they'll like tell but people say it's impossible <laughs> and then they tell themselves but you know what we've done the impossible before we can do the impossible again so it's basically the beginning of an action movie shot on red cameras it's kind of like a like self they were just watching dare. down all the footage that was coming through the servers like know. they're like we should what would if we had a montage sequence what would it be about it would be about building the world's best phone all right there's other phone news mm-hmm uh, this one is weird rumor territory, and I think it comes down to what Apple is actually planning to do with the iPhone. So there's just reports out in the world that the iPhone 8 will not have a Touch ID sensor. I don't believe it. I think it might just be on the back, because there's been a lot of case leaks right. thus far with with the space for that sensor on the back. Yeah, On the back makes way more sense to me. I, if If there's no Touch ID sensor, I have... Just a kajillion questions about how you will do all the stuff that you do with Touch ID. Because when you have something like Face Unlock, it just it just unlocks without you asking it to do anything. It's also wildly insecure. Um, and Touch ID is an action. Like when you log into your bank app or you pay with Apple Pay or you <laughs> unlock your phone, you actually have to actively choose, I am doing this thing now. Even yeah. when you're Face downloading just like a free there. app. Yeah, it's, yeah, but it's like an authenticated button. Yeah, right. Go ahead. But is this it? right? But I, you don't want your phone to just uh, be authenticated all the time. No, you want to have some of those authentication actions happening. I like the idea and if that there's a face unlock. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like the idea you had the other day of like put a password protecting like certain apps or something, like Touch IDifying for like to make a multi-user. <laughs> well, so here's where I think this is getting confused. This is my theory. Okay. I could be wrong. All of the rumors were they're going to do virtual home button, mm-hmm. and they had figured out how to do screen through fingerprint sca- scanning. Right. And there's a bunch of like component makers out, like showing the stuff off. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it seems it's like slow the, as hell. The delta between the component makers being ready and Apple needing to ship this phone is too high. Okay. So they probably weren't able to put the fingerprint sensor on the front through mm-hmm. the screen which is I'm assuming what they wanted to do and they just stuck it on the back. And so they pulled a Samsung. Yeah, so somewhere that, that, it, that is exactly what Samsung did with the Galaxy S8. Yeah, so somewhere in in that murky chain of rumors and leaks and whatever, them taking it off the front and putting it on the back got turned into it won't have a fingerprint sensor. That sounds completely plausible and probably correct. Right. One of the one of the screen through component vendors yeah. was like Apple didn't place the order. And that got turned into, but really they just moved it to the back. Because I cannot imagine them taking Touch ID away. Like, Apple Pay is built on Touch ID. Mm -hmm. And the idea of you, like, holding your phone to the reader and then, like, craning over to look at it makes zero sense to me. that click noise slash vibration when you buy stuff with Touch ID. (laughs) (laughs) Ding! It's so satisfying. (laughs) I just love buying. I got to get a new phone. I think I held on to the 6S. I didn't buy the 7. It has just falling apart. Oh. It has like the weird pirate battery in it. it gets real hot all the time. Oh. It won't charge above eighty eight percent, which I believe is just a sign that I should watch Back to the Future because I don't want to think about the fact that I have a broken battery in my phone. Uh, I gotta get so phone. okay. Let's assume, for the sake of argument, that they put the fingerprint sensor on the back of the phone. Let's also assume, 
because I think it's pretty safe, that for the sake of argument, that the high-end iPhone, the, the 10th anniversary iPhone, has a near bezel-less display uh, on the front. Um, let's also assume, for the sake of argument, that they will iterate upon their dual camera system, but it will still, you know, it's, it's not going to be a massive, crazy improvement. What is going to be, hardware-wise, on the, the 10th anniversary iPhone, the, you know, super fancy one that John Gruber is assuming is going to cost $1,500 that wasn't already done potentially, albeit not in a, as like elegant a way on the galaxy S eight. Yeah. Depth sensing camera for AR kit. Yeah. Right. I isn't, think that's it. Isn't that the answer? I think crazy well, AR kit that's stuff. The, I feel like they can't put a, like a, 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 a feature like that on a, a hyper premium. I haven't heard all these rumors about a fifteen hundred dollar phone, but they can't make a hyper premium uh, phone not well, really that rumors. needs developer support to be really good. Like if they- okay, so the going rumors are going to be that there's going to be a seven S and a seven S plus, and there'll be iterations on the current you know form factor, blah 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 blah. But then there'll be a premier, super fancy, high end iPhone that will have a bezel-less display and whatever the new way to authenticate is and presumably depth sensing cameras and it's going to cost a ridiculous amount of money and it's not going to come out until next year. And the big question I have is what can Apple do to this phone to justify a thousand dollar plus price that isn't just slight iterations on the stuff before. If they had had an underscreen touch ID, that would be something amazing. If they, I don't know, there's a million other things I suppose you could do to a phone to, to make it, that holy Head crap wow blow your mind <laughs> they can make it out of moon rocks or something sure they you could but i feel like it's gonna the whole value proposition of this high-end iphone is gonna ride on the quality of the cameras unless they've got some insane well, thing up their sleeve that i would not think or the about. screen right the new an oled screen with promotion like there's all kinds of stuff yeah like i feel do. like the bezel makes it like interesting and premium i just Man, that's true. That's gonna suck. <laughs> like stunning analysis from Paul. Why? Like I, I've I always assumed like the the iPhone Seven, which was so so similar to the iPhone 6s, which was so similar to the iPhone Six. It's like it's like they've been saving it up to well, go real different. A so lot if, of if what the they... iPhone Seven S isn't different and you got to like wait till next year to get an anniversary edition to get something different. Yeah. That's a lot of years of nothing different. The enormous narrative around the seven was we held back because we're going to do something crazy next right. year. Right. And they, they, and that was seeded out. That was not, that was not just a bunch of like guessing that was but very obviously it. put out into the world. It's definitely hard to do this, this new different fancy stuff. But at some point we got we're ready for it, yeah. and Samsung's doing some pretty fancy stuff. Well, the question is why can't if Samsung can figure it out on, on their timeline, how is Apple not able to figure it out? I there, I don't know. We'll see. That's what I'm saying. I think the the amount of bad information flooding into the world right now is yeah. There was like rumors today about high. like the iPhone eight. Like it's like at some point like we can't can't take seriously rumors about phones that aren't out for three years. Yeah, or you can't take seriously rumors about hardware decisions on a phone that will presumably ship in September or be announced in September. Because mm. they've already started building them. 
because mm. they have to, because they have to make it yeah, like a million have a to day. Have. Yeah. Okay. Here's what's going to happen. So as you know, we've been doing a bunch of experiments on Anchor because we need to get more podcasts mm. into our armada of podcasts. So we've been doing tons of segments. You should listen to them there. Go to Anchor. It's great. But Ashley Carmen did one that's really cool. She called it Spotted. So I'm going to read an ad. We're going to run Ashley's segment. We're going to come back, wrap this thing up. This episode of Vergecast is brought to you by TransferWise. Do you ever have to send money internationally? If you do, you'll know it can be expensive and time-consuming, and your exchange rate you get from your bank or provider can be terrible. But if you use TransferWise, the exchange rate is probably good, so your money can go much farther. And you only pay one small upfront fee. Setting a payment is simple as fast. TransferWise was founded by the first guy to work for Skype and a friend of his. And just like Skype was the new better way to make calls, TransferWise is the new better way to send money internationally. The two friends who founded TransferWise were Estonian immigrants who were fed up of being ripped off when they sent money home. So they came up with this quicker, cheaper way to transfer money between countries. They realized plenty of other people were getting ripped off on international transfers, so they turned the idea into a company. They created a smart new system that gets rid of all the expensive, traditional charges you'd normally pay. Today, TransferWise lets millions of people and businesses all over the world send money internationally. So see how much you can save at TransferWise.com. There's also an app for Android and iOS. But once again, that's TransferWise.com. Transfer, as in I need to transfer money to another country. Wise, as in I'm going to do it the wise ways. That's TransferWise.com. A woman in a blue sleeveless blouse wearing matching blue eyeshadow sits next to me on the train. She has Candy Crush loaded up on her phone. She begins to play. After five minutes or so, her eyes start to close. She nods off. Her phone doesn't have automatic locking, so Candy Crush stays loaded, waiting for someone to find a match. She begins leaning to her left, away from me. Eventually, that falling motion wakes her up, and she immediately looks down to see her phone, still in her hand, still running Candy Crush. As if nothing had happened, she makes a few more candy matches. But then, yet again, she closes her eyes and falls back asleep. This pattern continues for the entirety of the ride, which was at least six stops. I feel like I got a glimpse into her nighttime routine while in a very public place. Also, why no automatic lock, girl? Your battery's gonna die. We're back, and there's breaking news. Qualcomm, everyone's favorite company, Qualcomm, has sued the International Trade Commission <laughs> to block importation of the iPhone because they say it was it six, Dieter? Six patents? Yeah, there's uh, six patents that have to do with extending the iPhone's battery life. And importantly, and this is the key thing with Qualcomm, Qualcomm says that these are not, like, they're not related to a standard. They're, like, specific Qualcomm technologies that Apple isn't paying for. Well, that makes sense. So, man, I gotta, I gotta do the big Qualcomm piece. It's been a long time since we've had a good knockdown ITC fight. Because there, there was a long time ago, HTC actually lost one of these and, like, temporarily had its imports banned. Yeah. And then it got it figured out. So, the international... <laughs> This is just deja vu for me. So when you, we, when you file go. a patent lawsuit, there's, <laughs> mm-hmm. there's two ways to go. You can choose them both if you want to, but there are two ways to go. I can just sue you, Don't. federal court. Just do it. You're violating my patents. You go through a lawsuit, da da da. You pay me, or I can go to the International Trade Commission and say, "Hey, these patents are being infringed on this product that's being imported. I would like you to halt all imports of this product." 
So people do them both because the the, ITC is way faster. What's the – how does the ITC work? It's not fast. Like like, like, are the ITC police running (laughs) around? Like it's just like have countries agreed to do this or have like shipping companies? No, it's the U.S. International Trade Commission. So it's inside the United States. It's a federal agency. Um, And it's got a bunch of administrative law judges in it. And it can shut stuff down. And it can it can halt imports. Man. It can do a, it does a bunch of other stuff too, but this is like a main function. So Qualcomm is only filed for this. They just filed. So what you do? So like when Apple yes. was suing all the Android makers, it would mm. file a lawsuit, right? And then it would file to block imports in the ITC because what because that's death, right? You can wait the lawsuit out for years and years and years, and it'll take forever. But if you can't import the phones, yeah, you're hosed. So this is like. Patent holders do this routinely. So, and if you got a lot of money, I mean, I've never heard of Qualcomm, well. but apparently I use them every eight seconds. <laughs> Ad, so creepy. I got <laughs> Those the, ads are still up in the subway. The, the, the complexity context. of the Apple Qualcomm dispute is so high that I have yet. I mean, I've, I've talked to Qualcomm's general counsel, I've talked to Qualcomm people, I've talked to Apple about it. The, the complexity of what they are fighting about is so. It's just so beyond my ability to synthesize it into something that makes sense. Because at the the core thing that I think is not intuitive to people is that Foxconn sells iPhones to Apple. That's a thing that happens. Right, yeah. right. So Apple doesn't have any licenses from Qualcomm. Foxconn has licenses from Qualcomm. And then there is just an insane shell game of money that happens. So Apple pays Foxconn, Foxconn pays Qualcomm, Qualcomm pays Apple back. This is all true. What does Qualcomm pay Apple for again? Um, like literally like marketing agreements and like buybacks and like things. Like rebates? Yeah, so they, have, they had what was called a master agreement. So they're rebates. So like none of this comes down to Apple makes the phone and they need a license from Qualcomm. Right. That is what I think most people would think. That is to some degree, what Qualcomm thinks. But really what happens is Apple orders the phone from Foxconn. Foxconn makes phones for everybody, so they have this license to Qualcomm. And then Apple buys the phones from Foxconn at like a wholesale price. But it's weird because Apple also buys all the tooling for Foxconn. So like just the amount of complexity in the transaction stack Mm. is so high. I can't... I can't just come right out and be like, here's the problem. And so, Qualcomm's version of this is, well, there wouldn't be a problem if you just paid us, which is a very <laughs> simple answer. <laughs> but, it, you know, and Apple's version is they want to charge us a percentage of the price of every phone at retail, which I think intuitively in most people is also extremely unfair because if you buy a phone with 64 gigs of memory versus 128 gigs of memory – Qualcomm shouldn't make more of a patent royalty on that phone. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. But they are at it. Like this is existential for both companies in a tremendously important way. And th- so they're saying they want the government to ban new iPhones. They're talking about phones like the iPhone Seven, iPhone SE, yeah. like newly manufactured phones from coming to the cannot country. import any products that infringe the patent. So you have to. They have to name the products. So they name the. They named the products. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is just one more lever to pull for them to get to a settlement. But they are at it. I mean, there's news about this case. Because that's the end of this, right? The end of this is very clearly a settlement. It's not, I mean, 
are they really going to go to court? Are we going to have another big, long court case like we did with Samsung? Yeah. There's no way that they could do that. I mean, I guess they could. I mean, there's there's totally a way they could do that. But when you say that it's existential for both companies, I can't understate how, how true that yeah. is. You, Apple is not going to be able to replace Qualcomm tech or parts or patents in its phones. Qualcomm has too much power. Qualcomm, if it didn't get its stuff into the iPhone, they're like that's got to be some enormous percentage of their business. Right. So actually, Qualcomm's bigger business is not Snapdragon. It's radio standard development and licensing. Right. So their their patent yeah. licensing business is massive. And the reason they have that business is because they invested all the money in LTE. So like LTE for the longest time, LTE was not operable without Qualcomm technology somewhere in your life. And you can argue about how much you love or hate patents and patent licensing and all this stuff, but they invested the money and they want to see a return on it. And this is that's the business model they built around it. So now they're racing ahead and they're doing 5G just like everybody else is doing 5G and that's their business and on and on and on and on. Apple's putting Intel modems in some of its phones, but you're right. You can't, you just can't not pay the patent money to Qualcomm. It, there's just too much of the LTE standard is wrapped up in their technology. So someone has to pay yeah. some time. Maybe this isn't the right time for it, but I would love to have like a nice, solid roundtable debate about the benefits of patents. Because I used to be pretty into them. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, really? a, I'm 100%. I listened to like this really long, really great podcast episode about like how drug, drug patents work and stuff. And it's just, I'm just done with them. People can find a way to be profitable without protecting those profits with patents. I'm just, I'm just done with them. But I want to, I want to hear all sides. But I'm, I'm done. You're over it. I'm just done. Love you, Qualcomm. Thanks for being in my life all the time. But this is just, it's just annoying. Like I'm sure Apple and Qualcomm, they're, just, I mean, they're just being aggressive businesses that are trying to, you know, make the most money they can. And they both think they're right. And they, you know, but this is just an annoying thing to have a fight over. Yeah, I could talk about that for a long time, but I don't think we should do that now. <laughs> Stay tuned for <laughs> 70 small three-minute installments on Anchor about patents. All I will say is they are a huge incentive to invent something first. Mm-hmm. That, is a, that is, on balance, a good incentive to provide to people who make things. Right. Are they being abused like crazy? Probably. Yeah. But that I think the incentive is important because otherwise – like, do you read about the, the, the woman who claims she invented the fidget spinner? It's like a whole thing. She didn't actually invent oh, the fidget no. spinner. Oh, no. She invented another thing okay, that spins, uh-huh. which does not look like a fidget spinner at all. But there's, there's an, all this coverage of her, and she's like, I didn't have enough money to pay for my patent renewal, so I, now I get nothing. But oh. then you're like, that thing isn't a fidget spinner. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's the problem is when you dig into a lot of these patents, yeah. they're a little broad. They're a little vague. There's been, uh, since Apple and Android and all that went down, there has been a substantial amount of reform in the system. Yeah. So, like, it's not quite as bad as, it's not great. It's just Mm. not as terrible it was when literally every day I was writing a patent case. But, roundtable. That's what Vergecast listeners want. I'm I'm ready for it. Name the day. I'll be there. I'll figure it out. You've got a segment. Every week. Every week. Same name. Same time. Rarely forgotten. Toothpaste pods. 
<laughs> no. We had tortilla pods. We had bags with some juice in them and you'd squeeze them. But now we got toothpaste pods. Uh, there's this uh, full mouth toothbrush called Ama Brush. I don't know how you say it. AMA Brush. It's um, It brushes all of your teeth all at the same time. And it's like it looks like a like a sports mouth guard, but with like silicone uh, bristles on it. Put it in your mouth, then you magnetically attach this handle to the front, so it looks like you're wearing like a like a huge pacifier. <laughs> and then it and then it vibrates the mouth guard to brush your teeth in ten seconds. They claim they can save you a hundred days of your life if you brush your teeth like this. And then, but. The key, in my opinion, is that they have a somewhat proprietary toothpaste pod that's refillable, or it's not refillable. You have to buy your toothpaste pods from them because the toothpaste needs to be slightly more liquid to be able to be injected into this mouthpiece automatically. And then you spit. How much does it cost? Uh, it's like a hundred bucks, hundred, hundred twenty <laughs> bucks. There's a there's an optional wireless charging pad. So the setup is, you know. You have a mouth guard, your wife has a mouth guard, and then you can use the one handle for both of them, right? Okay. And you just set them on the wireless charging pad and pick them up. And so you just like hold it up to your mouth? You put it in your mouth. The mouth guard. The mouth guard is- What's the handle for? You attach it to the front, right? Okay. The handle's the thing Like that imagine vibrates. biting an apple. That's where you put it. Like you put the mouth guard right where you'd bite an apple. <laughs> And that attaches magnetically to the mouth guard, then injects toothpaste into the mouth guard, then it vibrates the mouth guard for 10 seconds to brush all of your teeth simultaneously. Yeah. And then you're done. Then you spit. I'm <laughs> still not really following the... So you just bite the mouth. You like... And you... You're like... It brushes all your teeth at once. Okay, okay. You know when you brush your teeth and you put, like, spend 10 seconds on each tooth? This thing just does spend 10 have seconds ever, on all of them at the same time. Have you ever had an apple? Yeah. All right. Imagine first you have a slice of an apple, right? Yeah, yeah. Put that literally in your mouth and bite down on it, okay. right? Like your mouth is full of a slice of apple. Now you take a small apple and put it to your lips, and that's magnetically attached to the <laughs> apple, apple slice already in your face. This apple, this apple thing is not <laughs> here's, helping. Here's what I want you both to ask yourselves: Have has Neil High successfully trolled us into explaining this thing <laughs> three times? <laughs> because the answer is definitely yes. Now, what other fruits is it like? Uh, I've done the apple thing <laughs> with uh, oranges. <laughs> like you take an orange slice that's still it's still on, it got the skin on. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like that. It's like that. Watermelon. No. Too big. Watermelon's too big. What if you have big mouth? It's tiny watermelon, no, big I mouth. I just love this video because every time I try to explain this, I'm visualizing this Kickstarter video and the two models that like model this thing. Yeah. It looks like they're in pain when they put it in their mouth. It's like, Ugh. hey, look, the future is not pretty. Exactly. That's what I tell everybody. <laughs> if you're going to brush all your teeth at once, you're going to look like you're in pain while you do it. Okay. I think that's the show. Mm -hmm. Look. Yeah. There was not a lot of news this week. We apologize. I hope you all enjoyed yourselves. We certainly did. We always do. But next week is a new week. Things are going to start happening again. Uh, one very important plug is that next week, Lauren Good's new video series, Next Level, starts. 
it is awesome. Oh boy! So you're gonna see yeah. it here. We're gonna have it on the Vergecast next week. Like it's gonna be a whole thing. There's ads on the site. We're doing ads for our own thing. Oh, be crazy! We're buying our own ads. See, told you. What media? <laughs> it's all not what? cheap. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> uh, but it's awesome. I've been, we've been, we've been working on it hard. She did an incredible job. So look for that next week. It's called Next Level. It's gonna be huge. Uh, Lauren also has a great podcast you can listen to. Too Embarrassed to Ask. Kara Swisher has Recode Decode. Peter Kafka has Recode Media. They're all wonderful. You can go listen to that stuff. Go to Anchor. Listen to all the experiments. Let us know which ones you like. Let us know if you have ideas for new things we should try. I'm promising you we will be rolling out new podcasts soon. There's also Verge Extras. A bunch of stuff is going on Verge Extras on that feed. So listen, watch, enjoy. Also go out on Instagram because Instagram's great. Instagram's the only good thing on the internet right now, in my opinion. Oh yeah, go to iTunes.com slash Verge. Leave us a note. Leave us a review. You can tweet at Paul. Paul's at Future Paul. You can tweet at Dieter. Dieter's at Backlon. I'm at Reckless. That was it. That was our nation's first podcast. <laughs> it's not. It's not what it was. <laughs> Goodbye. Rock and roll. <laughs> King George, you've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> Take us back. <laughs>